0: Church of God in Christ sexual abuse and clergy misconduct. Some don't believe it's a reality, but we have three special overcomers here today to declare their liberation right here on the dunamis word. You don't want to miss Hello, this. Finn. to a very special edition of the Dunamis Word Broadcast and I am your host, Pastor Harvey Burnett. Thank you for taking the time to join us today and as always, you know what, I'm thrilled, I'm excited, I'm just happy that you've taken the time to join us. Listen, whatever venue you're hearing this program in, I want you to take probably about the next 30 minutes or so and sit down and pay close attention to what you're going to hear. We're talking about... The Church of God in Christ, and we're talking about sexual abuse and clergy misconduct. Yes, we've documented such on the Dunamis Word blog at www.bethelburnett.blogspot.com. We've also seen reports uh, at reportkojicabuse.com, and we're going to be talking about one of those reports centering around a Bishop Charles Brown of Louisiana who is still the prelate of Louisiana and before I start off with I want Bishop Brown and the saints there in Louisiana to know that I'm not here to pick on him I am not his God I am not the God of anyone caught up in these situations but I'm here on behalf of the victims that have been victimized not only in that particular case but in other cases around the country Almost a year ago, Elder D.L. Foster and I of Witness Freedom Ministries was on a broadcast and we talked about Kojic issues. We talked about the some 20 particular sexual abuse cases that were going on, some 30 to 40 more that he knew about personally. We're dealing with these issues. Why? Because people are being victimized and it's time for the grand old church to deal with healing the victims as Christ has called us to listen what you're about to hear is an interview with three special ladies three overcomers we call them survivors survivor one survivor two and survivor three what Satan meant for evil and destruction in their life God turned it around and gave these women victory no matter what was done to them no matter what was tried the lord blessed them to be able to overcome so what i want you to do is sit back listen to this broadcast and follow the call to action as i believe the lord is calling and touching your heart in jesus name listen let's go to the interview that's already
1: in progress so you had a family history basically within the church. All right. So you just weren't anybody that just came up incidentally. I mean you you've been in the church.
2: All my life.
1: All your life. Good. Uh, Survivor Two, give us a little information. And in Survivor Two and Survivor Three I understand that your situations are similar, but go ahead and by course give us some information on your background here.
2: Survivor 2, um, he was my uncle, he was married to one of my aunts, my mother's sister, um, and later on in years, he became my pastor, so he was my uncle, slash, my pastor, my teacher, my overseer, um, all of the above. So. Uh, our families were extremely close by way of marriage, um, and he was, that could keep her time, uh, so I thought that, that uncle, uh, that, you know, possibly pass. Wow. So that's how, uh, that's how we became a family by way of marriage. Mm.
1: Yeah. Wow. Survivor 3?
2: my uh, situation is pretty similar to my survivor's um, uncle, pastor, but also he was my godfather. Um, He and his first wife were my godparents. So pretty much thanks to Mario, he just got me in our family.
1: So, So what we have is a person that has a position of confidence person that has a position of of certainly spiritual direction, one that is responsible for shaping uh, your spiritual development, your growth, and what we have is a total misuse of that position. Would you guys agree with that or care to expound on any of that? I agree.
2: Totally.
1: This is... um, This is probably what makes it even worse. I mean, sexual abuse is is horrible under any circumstance. But in this type of scenario, it's made especially bad due to the depth and to the level of the what I call the spiritual twisting. Here you are in a particular place or situation where you as young ladies are coming up and you're doing all the right things. You are doing what, quote-unquote, the handbook says that you should do. But yet and still, those who are responsible for that totally let down on their end of the bargain. In fact, they don't even care to even stand up to it. They intentionally cross lines and borders that should not be crossed. uh, Real briefly, how old were each of you when this particular abuse started and about how long did it last in each of your lives? I uh, was one. I was one at
2: the time. It only lasted once it happened one time It it ended at one time. It was one. Okay. Go ahead. Survivor, survivor 2 and 3. Survivor 2, um, I started at a very early age, I want to say maybe around 12, uh, for me to pinpoint exactly how old I was. I can't say exactly the number, but I believe about 12, maybe 11, um, when the first, I believe when the first, you know, touching or whatever, I believe um, about 12, 11, when we first started. I'm continuing. I believe mine is the longest
1: continued um, war. Many, 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 many years. Um, progressed and got worse. Wow! And when you say progress and got worse, what was the what was the worst scenario? How bad mm-hmm. did it get?
2: It got bad. Uh, to the point of um, rape, because it's not consensual, Certainly, I mean, you know no, or stop, or don't, right. if they don't, it's a free so, um, that's how bad is. Well,
1: in my estimation, there's no uh, way that any type of sexual activity between an adult and a child... Can be consensual, especially one that has been mind molded or twisted into believing a certain thing. So yes, it was flat out rape. That's what it was. It it was it was abuse all the way around. Uh, Survivor three, tell us a little bit about uh, your okay. story. Okay. Can I just say this in yes. relation to, what
2: Survivor two just spoke. Yeah. Um, that's all part of the abuse because with. What she's still doing is minimizing or uh, not. You're kind, it's kind of like minimizing. you trying to say, well, it wasn't necessarily activated. When it's an uh, adult and you're a child, right. there's never been a given for that. That's right. And so that's kind of, that's, that's part of your thing where you have to work through it and realize it wasn't your fault. Right. right. It wasn't your fault. So I just wanted Kinda say that. Um, for me, um, I was in middle school when I can remember the first thing occurring that stuck out in my mind. Um, and I was about twelve, to say about the same age as Survivor Number Two. Yeah. Um, because I was in the seventh grade.
1: Okay. And about how long? How many years did it go on? Was it a one-time incident?
2: Yeah. It was not. Okay. <laughs> It was not a one-time, not a one-time occurrence. It was something that, as survivor number two stated as well, progressed. Right. In other words, there's there's something that, that starts off and then it continues. Yeah. Especially if you are solid about it and you don't doubt about it, the person will, I guess, figure out how far they can go. Right. And so that was not a one-time occurrence, and I would say, it was not something that happened on every occasion that I saw him, but it was something that did occur frequently. Yeah. And it probably lasted, I would say, 17.
1: Okay. So from age 12 to age 17, these type of things went on and only got worse. Yeah. Um. You, you know, but with that said, and since it was, you know, gone on and obviously unrepented for, un- unrepented of, you know, what type of things, you know, did you encounter so far as dealing in the church environment? Because I want to paint the picture to the listening audience, those who have tuned into this broadcast or the subsequent broadcast, um, that here we have a situation where we have young people wholesome young ladies that are attending let's say it's your church and these young ladies are subjected to a pattern of behavior that they are not looking for they have not solicited they haven't gone out and tried to obtain or acquire but they are subjected to a pattern of behavior that says suddenly for whatever reason um, the same one that has placed Spiritual direction that has been responsible for placing spiritual direction, guidance, and strength in their life now all of a sudden has turned to make them sexual objects for whatever perverted reason you can think of. But short of the long is now these ladies, these girls, are sexual objects, but yet and still they have to sit in this environment because at this age, at the early ages, um, you know, you just can't get up and do what you want to do independently. So I want all of you to just have a general conversation. We just want to talk about that aspect of it. Uh, you know, what difficulties were encountered, uh, you know, in, in this particular environment? Were you able to break free of the environment right away? Just what happened in this particular situation?
2: I was one. my particular situation, I was a little older. And I was about the age when I was ready to graduate from college school. And, you know, after being raised in the chaircount life, that particular time that's all you did was and how to live. And it wasn't live a living life for Christ. And when I saw that after I exposed him to the first time and he him to the first nothing was done about it, he had to Turned me around. That's my was to me to another direction, and I felt like you know, church didn't care enough about me and what I went through. Never once had they come in questioning. Never once that you know nothing was you though. Know, and at that point, I felt like it just didn't matter anymore, and I just needed to get away from it, get around, get with, get all together. First Opportunity that I got, and I thought that I could make that change and do it on my own. That's what I did. I left church, I left my home. But I also felt like my parents wasn't there to take me into that house, felt them that they didn't do enough to bring them to the forefront. You know, so getting away from that, that's what I did. And I, and I thank God I was old enough to really do it. And I have to, you know, come to the peace with my other sisters as it goes through. So many years. And that's with them. That's tearing me up. It's amazing that he had to do this without any kind sort of help, and they could get away from it like I did. I so. know. Cool. Go ahead. Just Survivor 2, unlike Survivor 1, who had a sense of a way of escape, like she said, when she went to graduate high school um able to after that point make decisions on her own and so when she saw the first exit that's what she did. Um, that's different from myself as Survivor number three. We didn't have that way of escape. Um I was young, um poor Survivor three was young. This was unlike Survivor One, this person was part of our family. Yeah. You know, he was married to um, our aunt and so we could not escape. We, we couldn't go anywhere. Where were we to go? We were children. I was a child. Um, and, um, so there was not that, that, that door of escape. And so, um, because there wasn't that door of escape, the abuse continued. Because you can't go anywhere. Where are you going to go? You know, then if, if it's supposed to do early, you know, you better not say anything. Don't say anything. Um. You know, you know how close, you know, our families are. Are You know, you know um see how happy your aunt is. If you say something, it will destroy would destroy the family. But, so you know, it would kill your, your grandmother. You know, you know, just tear the family apart. So that's branded in you early. not anything. Now you have that weight as a child. I can't say anything because I'm going to miss my family dynamics The family that I know right now, would be no longer if I say something and so that gives the molester the license and the free will to continue to abuse you because they know you're not gonna sing. And so, um myself and in Fiverr Three and two speakers herself didn't have that way, you know, that window nor the door to run. Yeah. like Survivor once said, but then when you do say something, as in her situation, she didn't elaborate on it, but it was brought to her parents um, when she told them. They brought it to the um, the bishops at that time. They brought it to them, and from what I understand, had a meeting, and that was it. Nothing was done. So what do you do? As Bishop um, Jake preached one time, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Right. But what do you do when you... Say something, and nothing nothing is done. And that person has free will now to move on to another individual. That's what happened in my case. Um, Nothing really, you know, um, was done. And so that person had access to move on, and that is out of this whole situation, um, Pastor Barnett. And I said I wasn't going to get emotional. Out of everything that I've been through in this situation, and I carried that weight for years of not seeing anything and wearing a mask and wearing a facade, but I was the whole thing. My number one, and my biggest regret was I was a child. My biggest regret and my biggest hurt was when I found out that victim number three, which is my biological sister, had been victimized as well. That's what grips me because of my silence. Because of my silence. They were able to move on to my sister. That's the hurting part. And that's the part in me that God has to um heal in me because that's a big regret for me. And there's a part of me that blames myself. Because I feel I feel of spoken louder had I had I shouted it from the mountaintop, had I had the courage to do more than my sister never would have been violated. So that's the part of me that I carry, that I blame myself.
0: People, God, what you are hearing is the agony and the frustration of sexual abuse. And after hearing this, I challenge any of you how can you hear this and still yet remain silent unfortunately what we have heard is there is a culture of silence and let me tell you how this culture has operated and how it operated in this case number one uh it uh just did not do anything it refused to be involved in bringing about a solution in fact now the culture claims ignorance to the problem and uh uh, refuses to respond to the needs that are there And the second thing is that it comes back and it continues to try to victimize uh, by blaming the problem on the victim itself, uh, or or herself in this case. Uh, So this is a problem, and and this culture needs to be destroyed. Uh, It should not be named among the saints at all. But this particular culture needs to be destroyed. This is a very serious problem. It has lifetime implications. But, you know, there is victory in all of this. But I hope that you can hear from the the survivor's testimony that there is a real problem. In fact, this particular survivor, survivor number two, was explaining how when she brought these things forth, Uh, The prayer group took her and prayed for her, tried to cast the devil out of her. Now, what type of sense does that make? Here is a person that has been victimized, but yet you're trying to cast the devil out of her and tell her how she can forgive. And we're going to get on this forgiveness here. You just sit tight. uh, uh, Stay tuned because we're going to put the the right perspective on what biblical forgiveness really is. Uh, Because biblical forgiveness is not biblical manipulation. Uh, uh, Neither does it mean to open oneself up to continued manipulation, but as it has been so commonly taught that the devil is alive, Uh, we're going to shine light on the truth uh, in this broadcast and the next. But I want you to understand the seriousness and the implications. These are lifetime implications. These are things that people burdens that people carry for a lifetime thank God for the strength of the Lord because in our weakness his strength is made perfect thank God for that and thank God for godly people that would stand uh, in this particular situation but I want you to listen to the rest of this broadcast Um, and we're going to resume this on next broadcast on how we overcome this type of situation. God bless you, my friend.
3: But every time I ever heard no, bye bye. To the little boy that they let go.